This podcast contains general health information and shouldn't be relied on as medical advice. If you have any health concerns, speak to your doctor. HCF doesn't endorse any statements or opinions made during the podcast. If the podcast makes you feel depressed or anxious and you need to talk to someone straight away, call Lifeline on 131114. I like my dad because he's funny and I don't know, I just like him. I like doing lots of things with my family. I think in the summertime, going out for dinner with my family and going away on holidays. My mum is fun to watch a movie with. Welcome back to Navigating Parenthood, Growing Great Tweens, brought to you by HCF, Australia's largest not-for-profit health fund. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis. Hi. Today, we're talking family connection. Whatever shape your family might take, be it hexagonal, square, triangular, or just plain wiggly, family connection is important. Remember when you were a kid how great it was to go to your mum or your dad or your carer with a problem and have them listen and understand and give you a hug and make you feel like everything was going to be okay? the time I cried and cried in the school toilets because my magic trick went wrong in the magic show at school and everyone laughed but my dad was there to make me feel okay. <sighs> I think I'm still getting over that actually. Lucky I've got dad around to hug whenever I need. Still. Have you felt lately that even though there are more ways than ever to stay connected, it can sometimes feel like we're drifting further apart? technology, media, social media, distractions everywhere. So how do we as parents stay connected and relevant to our tweens, keep them close and enjoy each other's company most of the time as a family and dare I say it, hashtag make memories. Well in this final episode of the season we're having a bit of a dad's episode, chatting about family connection with a couple of dad superstars. I've got radio presenter, DJ and dad to two post-tween teens, the fabulous Robbie Buck alongside another very familiar voice, dad of two tweens, David McCormack, lead singer of band Custard, yes, as well as being the voice of Bandit in the smash hit cartoon, Bluey. So lovely to have you both here. G'day. Hello, Dylan. Hi, Dylan. Thanks for having us. Hello. It's a pleasure. You two are old mates, aren't you? Yes. We've known each other for over 20 years Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it does make us old, doesn't it? <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean old I, mates. I mean old we mates. We are old yeah. friends, yeah. Mm. Well, I, it's probably 25 years, Robbie, isn't it? it? It probably is. Actually, yes, you're right. Have you chatted much over the years about being dads? I don't think we have so much, actually, because when, it, when Dave and Lucy started going out, uh, I saw Dave quite a bit, but when they settled down and started having kids, I think we were in our own little silos a bit. We, Definitely, eh? and I think Robbie, you you were probably more on the young dad side, and I was more on the old dad side. So, um, I guess from that intro that Dylan said, you're, you've got like post tween teens. So, my daughter's eighteen, my son's about fifteen, yeah, and they. Right. So they've gone through the tween period and I guess that is an interesting perspective to bring to a conversation like this because the the tween years are really important and they're really fundamental and they're really challenging as a a parent. But it's really interesting to see what carries through into the teen years from 
that period uh, and, and what the fears were that I had then about what they were going to be like as teenagers. You can teach us, Robbie, what's going, what we've got coming up, can't you? <laughs> so, Dylan, how old are your kids? Mine are nine and 13. Okay, and mine are eight and 10. So we've got a nice little spectrum mm. right across mm. the board so mm. I can learn from both of you. What's your favourite thing, both of you, about being dads? Becoming a father is the most wonderful uh, and most uplifting and most debilitating <laughs> kind of role that you could possibly take on. And it's a really challenging role because kids have just have this incredible ability to be able to, to strip away who you are at your core and see right into your soul. And that is a really challenging thing. So especially at, at this age that we're talking about as tweens, they're just starting to clock the fact that their parents aren't quite the superheroes mm. that they thought they were. And they start to challenge who you are as a parent and who they are as a child. And I think that part of it really is really fascinating. I've always thought that part was like a moment of it's a really big transition moment where you sort of become an adult almost. When you realise you, your parents are human, it, that's a big stage. Mm. I, remember, I remember finding out my parents were human and going, oh, they're just yeah. human. They've got feelings. They've got problems. They're useless to me. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> They've got frailties. Yeah. But it is it, because it is that cusp between childhood and adulthood that you're talking about, they're constantly reaching for what they see as being adulthood and that brings a whole range of issues of confusion, you know, about sexuality and about how they project themselves and about what's appropriate and all those conversations that mm. come into it. But they also are desperate for the, the love and affection and the protection for their parents too. So sometimes they're about 35 mm. and, as a 10-year-old and other times, oh, they're about four. Yeah, that's it. Uh, look, I feel I'm right on that precipice now. I can still – my kids sometimes still think that I am that superhero dad. You know, you know when the kids are three or four and you have those great days with them and it's just the best and you, you have avocado on toast and you spill some baked beans and you do a drawing and they're amazed by how good your drawings are and you go to the park and they're <laughs> amazed that you've got money in your wallet. And you know, You know that – age where everything's just wonderful and but I'm making a whole lot of uh, what I would call old dad mistakes because it's so young since I've known anyone of that age obviously you know eight and ten and like Rose went we went to the shops the other day because she wanted to get some um, makeup remover cool no problem we go to the shops she wanted um, mascara and I bought mascara. I thought, okay, cool, mascara. It's like face paint, right? Got home, she did her eyes. And then um, mum, Lucy, came back. So you can't buy a 10-year-old mascara. <laughs> she looks like a Kardashian. And, like, that's <laughs> oh, no. that's an old dad mistake. I don't, I, I don't see those red lights, those those warning signs. There's a lot to learn, Dave. Oh, yeah. God, you guys got to start telling me stuff. Come on. I'm, I've got to write this stuff down. I've got a year. I just don't think it's a mistake. Maybe you should have put some mascara on as well. Maybe I should have. As, as dads, great dads, clearly, do you have a favourite way to connect with your kids? Specifically, like if you can go back a few years, Robbie, like in their tween years, how did you connect with the kids? And, Dave, how are you connecting? What's your favourite way? This is a bit hokey to say, but I have found that the best connection is we, no matter how busy uh, Annie, my wife and I are, or how busy the kids are, but as much as possible, we try and sit down and have dinner together. 
I know that's a bit of a traditional kind of old fashioned thing and it doesn't work for everybody. I get that. But there's just that one point during the day where you get that 20 minutes, half an hour, and sometimes you're laughing and having a great old time with each other. Other times people are throwing food at each other and glowering mm. at each other. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, there's a kid who just refuses to answer any questions <laughs> and just hates you. But the thing is, is you you bring all that stuff to, uh, to a table, you know, uh, you, you bring it to each other on a daily basis or close to it. And it's amazing how I think that that little ritual has had a, a really um, strong effect on us as a family. And as we've moved into the teens, I think that's been a really profound effect as well. You're still doing that then? My daughter now has a boyfriend and so and she's a, a legal adult. So she is often over at her boyfriend's house. We had dinner a couple of nights ago and my, my, wife's, <laughs> my wife goes, she does this big intake of breath. <gasps> and Sophia goes, I know you're about to say how wonderful it is that we're all sitting down to dinner. And she went, how did you know? She said, I just know. But that is it. <laughs> I try and do the dinner as well, Rob, because it's a beauty. It's, and it can end in tears. But, but the other thing that I like to do to get that little contact time, and it's really, um, I don't know, but it just works, is the, the 10 to 15 minute drive to or from an extracurricular activity where there's just the one-on-one stuff with the kitty. And I just love that because they're captive audience. There's no devices. There's no sibling to fight with. And it's only 10, 15, whatever, you know, to get there. And it's just a great way to just unpack any little thing I might bring up, hey, what's happening at school? You know, there was that person you're having that trouble with and and they can't escape as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> they can't, oh, no, look at that, the possum. They get, they've got to sort of engage and, and you sort of got them in the hot seat. So, And you know what the other key to that is, I think, is that you're not looking at each other while you yeah, have that conversation. Yeah. There's not a confrontation to mm. it. So you, you're both looking ahead. It's like you're both next to each other. You're not you're not leading them. You're not looking them down. Yeah, good point. And that I think changes the dynamic yeah. too. Yeah. Very interesting point. I'd just like to bring up Robbie. You said it might sound a bit hokey to want to dine with the family. I think it's not hokey. I think it's probably the most ancient of traditions that we as humankind have and other species as well and so important. And I love that you've brought that up because sometimes it's easy to forget those really normal things mm. that can be so integral and so important, especially during formative years, like the tween years. You've mentioned mealtimes for us are very important. Forced conversation because you're travelling in a car both facing the same way, very important. What do you think their favourite time is with you guys, their favourite connecting time? Because it's different. Question. It's different for the, yeah. my kids. Are like they'll be like, "Oh, we let her watch TV while we're eating dinner." No, we've never done that. So why would we start? Like, but my son, well, I've just found this lovely little thing that we can connect with, where he's into Pokemon cards. I'm into Pokemon Go on the phone. Have been for a long time, so I know all the Pokemon characters. So he and I are making a giant mural, drawing very meticulously. All as many Pokemon as we can fit on that giant wow, piece cute. of butcher's paper. And that's our little thing. That's great. And it means that I have to just stop for a minute yeah. and yeah. just draw with my kid. It's the raddest. Do you know what is so fantastic about that to hear about that, Dylan, though, is that it's creative. Mm. And if you are able to engage with your child in a way that's creative and them not to look at you and go, oh, you're so <laughs> embarrassing, 
then that is something really special and, and easier said than done. <laughs> do you do music with your kids? Like, Dave, surely you Yeah, must, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we jam it out. They, they're, they're both really into yeah. singing. So we, you know, we set up the microphone with a whole lot of, you know, reverb and delay and, and then I'll set up a beat for them and then they like to just get, you know, like once we, we sort of collaborate initially, but then they're like, Dad, can you get out of the stewed for a tick? I'm just going <laughs> to. And then it gets sort of real R&B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they, 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 they've got the freedom to go a little bit deeper when I'm not around. But you must get a whole lot of kudos uh, with the role that you've got in Bluey. These days, I mean, it must be right in the in the pocket. Robbie, uh, Robbie, I mean, go- there was a sweet spot like three or four years ago. Absolutely, right. but okay. but now because yeah. it's just it, there's been so many episodes and they're sort of a bit blasé about it now. And I'll be like, hey, kids, we got some more episodes of Bluey. Let's watch them. And they're like, huh, okay. But then they do, you know, they do enjoy it because the show's cool, so they'll watch it. But it um, like a couple of years ago. It was getting back to that, you know, dad is hero idea. Like I was a massive hero. Yeah. It was like, wow, yeah. my dad does the voice of a dog on TV. They loved it. <laughs> but now it's a little bit like, oh, my dad does the voice of a dog on TV. Uh, you know? <laughs> and Dylan, do you show your kids recordings of you hosting recovery? <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've <bought> up. <laughs> They're like, oh, Dad, can we just watch Blue? Oh. So these are conversations that we're having with our tweens these days in, in this era. Mm. Yeah, I don't think my parents really – I don't think we had any conversations about that really. <laughs> Definitely not with my any dad. conversations at all. <laughs> no, no. Like, there were just a lot of grunts, yeah. I think. Look, maybe I'm blocking it out. I can't remember, but I, I don't think that there was a lot of interaction – well, I, I, the world just was pretty simple back then. It, more simple back then, mm. you know. What about you, Robbie? Did your parents? Yeah, it's, I do remember occasionally I, I would have times, and I think again in the car with uh, with my dad, and we'd talk about. Sometimes we'd talk about some of the the bigger philosophical questions. Like I, I, he would occasionally sort of throw at me, "Where do you think?" the world is going or where where do you see yourself in 10 years time or 20 wow. years time and i think they were the the start of the the better conversations not, not for some reason they seem to trigger uh, a conversation that i i remember so perhaps they weren't very common and perhaps you know they were a bit odd but they they're the ones that have stuck in my mm. brain as i've gotten older and so i try and occasionally drop those on my kids or <laughs> <laughs> and they just look at me like what <laughs> What are you talking about? Boring. <laughs> that boring. <laughs> it's um it is a, it's a different it's a different world. And I I think most of us were probably in similar positions to you guys, myself included that we I wasn't being open with the parents. I was dealing with it on my yeah. own, whether it was issues at school as a tween or issues at cubs as a tween. I just think I just thought you had to deal with it. And so I didn't I also think I didn't I mean, this might be one for my shrink, but I don't think I wanted to burden my parents with any problems because mm. they, like Robbie's, they seemed busy yeah. all the time. Yeah. Everyone was busy in the 80s. Too busy. Mm. Too busy to look out and care for you and, and then I'm left alone <laughs> in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah, well, that's my recollection as well, Dylan. It's just like you sort of had to deal with it mm. yourself. I, I don't remember, like, anyone ever saying, 
Dave, how are you going at high school? Are you okay? You just had to sort of go, oh, God, I hate it. How many years have I got to go? <laughs> yeah. But it's, it is an interesting point. We found out with uh, with Oscar when he was in grade six, and a grade six is a really uh, a really difficult year, and I didn't realise until after they'd finished right. grade six and got into grade seven, it's a really difficult period for that age group because they're going through all of this and then they're going from being the, the top yep. of the lot in grade six to the bottom of the school in grade yep. seven. What I didn't realise is that uh, Oscar was having a really tough time in grade six where his cohort were jostling for for kind of their, their place in the social standing. And he he was a bit softer, a bit naive, I think, and kind of got a, a bit pummeled by that. And we didn't realise that until a year or two later. And it, it made me feel really sad that this had been going on and we hadn't been aware of it. We knew that he was a bit withdrawn and there yeah. was sort of a... Yeah, there was something happening, but we didn't think there was very much going on. And we were asking him, you know, how, how was school, Oscar? And he'd go, yeah, good. Yeah. Which is pretty much what he says. Yeah, still. Yeah. familiar. A familiar yeah. <laughs> but this was going on. And I, I guess techniques of how to try and break that down, and the car is probably a, a good one, and the dinner table sometimes can, can work on this, but how you, you break down that barrier so you do get to some of this. Because... Whether they think you can help, they you can help solve these problems or not, and they probably don't mm. because you're so old and so crusty, and you've got no idea. Yeah. A, a bit of support, I think, probably goes a long way for for kids of those age. And I do really feel for for children in that age group who get it really tough, and and it really affects them for years to come. Mm. What about as um, a family? We've spoken a bit about things you like doing as the dads as the fun, cool dads. What about as a family? What what do you find works best when you're all together? I mean, we've mentioned dinners and I guess there's board games that might come into it sometimes, even computer games. But are there things that you find as a family you go, yes? Well, yeah, for us, that's the beach. You know, when you go to the beach and you spend the whole day at the beach, everyone together and you got your little um, skin cancer council tent that you put up on the beach and you spend the whole day there and you buy fish and chips and everyone's happy Mm. and everyone's getting pummeled in the waves. Everyone's got sunscreen on and everyone's just happy all day and it's just the best. And, you know, and, and my girls are now at that age where you can just get out where the, the big waves are and you just wait for that big set to come in. And then Rose and I will just look at each other and we'll both go, oh, sh-, because it's a real buzz to swear, you know, with your dad. So it will be, we'll see this big one coming and we'll be like, oh, sh-. And we'll just get completely hammered and it's just, it's the best. And watching them, you know, the first time you get tumbled over and you get the sand in the mouth and you don't know which way's up or down mm. and they're just like, what was that? Let's do it again. And that's just something that everyone in the family loves doing the beach on a beautiful day. I'm going to take that and uh, go one step further, and that is the holiday. And I've got this really fond memory of doing – we did the, the rail trail ride in New Zealand at exactly this age that we're talking about. They were both tweens. And it's you do about four days on bicycles and you ride between these towns mm. on what used to be railway tracks. They're now just gravel roads, okay? But it was – one of those days in New Zealand where the wind was really bitter mm. and cold. We were going through the mountains and you could see all the sheep and we were riding against the wind and my, my daughter's riding next to me and she's pedalling really hard and this big gust of wind blows her bicycle right into mine and we sort of grind to a halt. <laughs> and I go, oh, are you all right, honey? Her head just turns really slowly <laughs> up to me 
and she goes, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> and we tell that story all the time in our That's family. Great. But this is the thing, okay, the, the thing about doing those physically challenging holidays together is that you come out the other side of it with this bond that you otherwise wouldn't have yep. had. If, you, if you've just gone and played computer games uh, or not spent that time physically doing something together, you don't get that same sensation. And so... Mm. We've done the same, you know, I took, took Oscar when he was about seven on a, a hike in Italy through the Dolomites and we didn't realise how serious it was going, going to be, the poor tacker. It was about eight hours of climbing these mountains. Oh. And we're like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, wow. oh, my God, I hope docs don't see us because we're, we're going to get our children taken away. But they, it builds resilience and it builds a sense of bond through that resilience and that is, we found really early on, is one of the most powerful things that uh, that you can do as a family. Trauma brings people together. Doesn't yeah, it, it does. <laughs> so you've just I mean, it's going to cost me. them heaps in psychotherapy yeah, years to come, but they, they can stump it up themselves. Uh, that's just brought me right back to being a tween, being brought on a family holiday, all bonding, all going on the bike ride around Bali, and I remember hating it and turning into a demon. <laughs> I hate this <laughs> yeah. because I fell into a rice paddy off my bicycle and my foot went about two feet under into the into the mud and when I pulled my foot out my sandal was still stuck in there oh. and I could never get it back again because the rice paddy just ate it oh. and it was and I hated that so much but I'll never forget that and I do actually re- remember I have it as a bit of a fond memory because it was with the fam. Yeah. Doing yep. holidays with the fans, of course. I love as well in, in our house, um, and it's becoming more prevalent now that, uh, my, well, especially since my son's now nine, uh, cooking together. I've had the most, fav- some of my favourite memories is with all of us, my wife, myself, my daughter, my son, in the kitchen, cooking up a storm. And then if I want to make it even better, I get everyone to go and hop on our bed. Come on, everyone. We're going to be silent and read for a bit. I love I love those bits as well. We did it just last night, just reading with the family, a bit of time that's not a screen. Yeah. We're modelling for the kids as well, my wife and I, because we're reading. And look how it's really fun to read. Yeah. We all do it all the time. They're, they're my little – just normal things sometimes are the greatest. Not an expensive, amazing holiday in Italy because someone's doing well, yeah. Bobby. Well, that was worse. You're allowed one overseas holiday sometime in your life, Dylan. Well, we went to Bali. But, but look, a, a, a love of food is a really great gift to uh, to be able to instill in your your child that capacity to be able to all hang out in the kitchen and um, and share the the preparation of it. It's a it, oh. again, it's a big part of that heading towards the sitting down for dinner together. It is, and it's yeah, part of the ancient ritual of dining together. Yeah, absolutely. Which yeah. We've been doing since we were invented, pretty much. Yeah. The other one that uh, I was going to bring up, Dylan, was was camping. I'm a, a big fan of camping and um, occasionally I would just go camping with one of the kids just one-on-one uh, one, and that is a really great opportunity. Oh, that's cool. Because, I mean, it brings all of these themes together. You're off screens, mm-hmm. you're having to cook together, uh, you, you have to set up tents uh, together, you have to find where you're going and you have to spend that time uh, one-on-one. And particularly if you're lucky enough to have a campfire to be able to sit around, that is something that can... Really loosen the uh, the conversation as well, I think, and 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 bring you some bonding. So, and that I find is a, a really strong um, strong experience. I've got to do that. I've got to do that. I have yeah. to do that. I was going to say I've got to do that more. No, I just have to do that. 
I've got do other you, friends who do that, and it sounds so rad. And I was do, you, like, oh. do you camp at all? Yes, yes, yes. I'm more, in, I'm more of a glamper mm. these days. Well, that's, that's I like fine. a fridge in my tent. Mm. <laughs> no, but I do. I've, I've, I grew up camping, and was and always and as a kid, as a tween, that's what my parents used to do with us as well. And I, I do, I did love it. I did, yeah. and. I because applied all my scouting knowledge, yeah. did reef knots and other knots. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. The tweens will want luxury. They will, right. they will demand five-star luxury. <laughs> but what they really need yes. is trauma. Is rubbish camping. Rubbish camping. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll note mm. that down. Rubbish camping. <laughs> rubbish camping in a place where there's no Wi-Fi. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Robbie, as a, as a, like you mentioned, a breakfast host and a DJ and a lover of music and a, yeah. a finder of music, I, I would imagine you'd be an awesome dad to be able to introduce <laughs> the kids to music that you know is actually good, rad, worth listening to, should listen to. Is that the case or are you annoying in that respect? Well, I'm not allowed to play Fella Cootie in the car anymore. Right. But, uh, <laughs> Why? Yeah. What? Really? No, no more Nigerian Afrobeat in the car. Um, look, thanks, Dylan. And, and I think that a love for music is a gift that lasts uh, a lifetime. And I know that that's a really twee thing to say. Put it on a T-shirt. Yeah, put it on a T-shirt. But uh, I, I remember doing a, an interview with a, um, a music researcher a number of years ago and he was saying that children who learn a musical instrument uh, at an early age, even if they only learn it for six months or a year, uh, even if it's just the recorder and they're not very good at it, it doesn't matter, they have a greater appreciation for music as adults. And I said to them, well, come on, how, you know, how can you say they've got a greater appreciation? Isn't it just that, you know, they like things, you know, some people like music that's more complicated or whatever. And he said, no, we actually put them into a CAT scan and we, we scan oh, their wow. brains as they're listening to music. And people who have learnt an instrument at a, an early age or listen to music actively yeah. uh, at an early age are able to appreciate music uh, at a greater degree later on. And so that really stuck with me. When I had my own children, uh, we were keen to, to waste lots of money getting them to learn different instruments. Um, but it stuck with my son especially. He is now seventh grade piano. He also plays the saxophone. He, he's um, studying music at, at high school and, and will do it for his HSC. We listen to music at home all the time. You know, there's music. There's always music on pretty much and they uh, obviously have their own tastes in music these days and they love sharing what they like in, uh, in music. I mean, for me personally, music's always been that thing where you go to uh, for emotional support. You know, I've got albums that if I'm feeling down, I can listen to and I know they're going to make me feel better. If I'm feeling elated, then that's an album that is going to sound great or whatever the case may be. So to, to be able to impart that kind of gift, um, I think, and I'm sure you both agree, is um, is a really wonderful thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I found that early on with Rose and Grace, like I'd be playing the Beatles and, you know, Elvis Presley and we were all responding to that really mm. well. But then <clears throat> pretty soon the the order of a, the the pattern changed and I started absorbing their music and I got back into like <sighs> stuff that what's this I, I got to hear you know do a leaper and stuff and and so now I, I became quite familiar with the top ten that I haven't been since the eighties and and it's amazing yeah, you know like Miley Cyrus has got a new song out wow let's have a listen well that's cool it sounds like Fleetwood Mac Weird. you know and you can sort of and I can and I and, and I can be like oh there that sounds a little bit like Depeche Mode you know so but I start to absorb more 
Oh, I, I hear what they are hearing and it's it's fascinating. Isn't that lovely? Like, I'm getting the same thing yeah. now. And, yeah, I did the, I did the you got to listen to Stevie Wonder. Yeah, yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. The fact that, uh, David, yes. we talked a bit about you being the glorious hero because your kids knew that you were uh, Bluey's yeah. dad. Do they ever listen to your music? Do they ever listen to Custard or... Titanics. They were interested in it early on, but then they quickly labelled it as old people music. Once they, like I said before, once they, they found out, <coughs> you know, their own music. So, once in the car, Lucy put on a custard song, um, like yeah. kids, check this out. You know, this is Dad, and they're like, oh yeah, that's cool. You know, so <sighs> it's it's a tough crowd because, like I say, they're doing their Someday own song. They're they're looking it. forward. They don't want to. Yeah. It's funny how having kids makes you re relook at what you thought used to be good. Like I was like, girls, we got to watch Star Wars, you know, episode four, which is the first one or whatever. Yes. Come on, we're going to watch it. And then we were watching it and they're like, Dad, this is so boring. There's a couple of robots <laughs> walking around in the sand. <laughs> and then watching it from their perspective with all the bad – you know, because I love it. I'm a huge stuff. Now there's a dude with mm. two torches for eyes. This is boring. <laughs> Yeah, and, and looking at sand, from their from from their current 2022 <laughs> world, yeah, it's a, it's a timepiece. Yeah, well, I did the same with uh, with my kids with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, come on, no, that's uh, still got to no, be good. It, it's got to be good. It, it is, but it's really slow is it? compared yeah, yeah. to the pace of modern movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We put it on on a Saturday night. I said to the kids, "This is just a yeah. classic. You know, you're gonna love yeah. this. This is just fantastic." And we sat down and. Yeah, again, you're looking at through their eyes, yeah. and they're sort of looking at me like, "Is this gonna get better? Uh, <laughs> yeah, what do you mean?" There's a few films that really have stood up. Uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Okay. I showed them, and they really loved uh, about this age. Uh, Life of Brian. My son loves <laughs> kind of slapstick comedy, yeah. and he classic. He thought it was great. Yeah, Dave. Some uh, some of the things you've been saying today. Um, make me think that I'm talking to Bluey's dad a little bit. Do you sometimes find yourself being Bluey's dad? Yeah. <laughs> Do you sometimes use quotes that you've actually said on well, the show? Well, sometimes, but it's just like Lucy was convinced that I was feeding the, the writers of the Bluey show storylines because stuff had happened and she's like, dude, you can't tell them our private stuff. And I'm like, no, it's not private. They give me the script. I just read it. So I think there's lots of universal themes Happening, but um, there are, there are, yeah. Look, there are. do you think that for some of us, it's um, when we watch Blue, it's kind of hard for us because we think, oh, there's no way I can. Be I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't be. I can't be like Bandit. Nah. It's, the bar is set nah. too high. Do you feel guilty about making? I, I guilt like myself. That, yeah. So we'll do a session. And we'll do some <laughs> episodes, and I'll be like, I'm going to race home, and I'm going to play the hell out of myself with those kids. Yeah. And then, and then we do a puzzle for 15 minutes, and I'm like, oh god. Get on your iPads. I want to watch the cricket. <laughs> you know, like no one can live up to ba Thank Bandit's God. perfect, right? Even though he's got idiosyncratic foibles, he's, he's perfect. Model. And no one can compete with that. But, yeah, he's inspiring. Like he, he does as a character and as a as a role model dad, it's like he's pretty good. And he's down there and he's chatting and he's playing. And it We're getting to the pointy end. I think we've used up a lot of your time. Uh, so this is for both of you where I'm wrapping this baby up. So were there any... When it, were there any big aha moments that uh, you had parenting your kids through their tween years? Those moments where you go, oh, can you think of It's a hard one to think of an example. Can you think of it? Look, it's a really tough one because I think every day is one of those days. Yeah, um, they're, they're constantly changing and they're 
they're physically changing, they're mentally changing, and you you feel those moments a, a lot. But I think for me, it was when my daughter was probably about eleven, where she challenged me about and uh, about me telling her what to do. I can't remember what the the topic of it was, but she sort of turned around to me and and asked me, "Why are you saying I have to do that when I can do?" all these other things and you never asked me to do that. And there was like a little penny that that dropped that she was suddenly her own agent, you know, that she had thought about who she was and what she was able to do and that I wasn't seeing her in that next role. I was seeing her in the former role of who she was as a nine-year-old as opposed to who she was now. And that really kind of woke me up that you've, you've got to realise that these kids are changing really fast and that you have to change your attitudes at the same rate. I mean, it's yeah. it's a balance, but you've got to do it. That's a nice one. Dave, have you got one? No, I'm just looking I'm looking forward to that moment when um, my kids become more emotionally developed than I am and then I can sort of revert to an infantile <laughs> state, you know, because that's going to happen to us, like, down the track. Like, yeah. Robbie, like, maybe when they're mid-20s or something, we can start to be like... I don't want to do it. I don't want to go there. You do it. <laughs> You're basically describing being in a band. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly right. It's a, yeah, I just want to be mid-90s band guy in the Tarago. I don't want to go there. I'm tired. This has been really good counselling for all of us. I think. <laughs> this has been magnificent fun and also... Enlightening. Yeah. And I'm going to take lots of bits of these conversations and take them into my life and remember them and use them. So to both of you, thank you so much. Robbie Buck and Dave McCormack, what a pleasure. Thank you very much. So, Love thanks so much fun. Thank you. Well, that's it for this season of Navigating Parenthood, Growing Great Tweens. I hope you've enjoyed listening just as much as I've enjoyed sharing these conversations. Hey, don't forget, if you haven't listened already, make sure you go back and check out the first three seasons of Navigating Parenthood and spread the word with your family and friends. Subscribe, rate and review Navigating Parenthood. It helps us share the love to more people. And for more information and useful parenting links, head to hcf.com.au slash podcast. If the podcast makes you feel depressed or anxious and you need to talk to someone straight away, call Lifeline on 131114. I'm Dylan Lewis. I'll catch you around. Cheers. HCF acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we've recorded this podcast on, the Banarong Boon and Wurundjeri Woi Warung peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nation. We pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging.